check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Transmitting high atop of Florida's Peninsula, 108 feet. This is Alpha Mike, and you are listening to episode 221. Clock 45, and it's not the caliber, it's the model. Myself and Kilo Sierra will tackle this question. Why in the world did Glock ever create this model in the first place? Today on Radar Cop Podcast. How do you get in contact with us? Well, it's real easy. RaiderCop.com. You can hear episodes from 1 to all the way to 221. Or RaiderCopNation.com. You can hear the official website, see it, and get more information about upcoming shows and a little bit about us. Social media. Wow. I don't know what to tell you with social media, but don't look for us on Twitter or LinkedIn. We got rid of that garbage. But recently, Governor Ron DeSantis has uh, stuck it to Facebook, so we're on Facebook. You can find us anywhere on social media that's out there uh, by looking up Raider Cop, Raider Cop Podcast, or Raider Cop Nation. You will find us. How do you hear the podcast in the first place? Well, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora, doesn't matter. Look us up, you'll find us. In these troubled times, Uncle Joe is eagerly awaiting to take your gun. That's one concern. But another concern is if you are a concealed carry holder, if you ever have to take that gun out of that holster, the lawyers will come get you. This is why you can't go out without protection. And we encourage all our nation members to get involved with the USCCA. Why? Because they give you absolute 100% backup in forms of a lawyer, in resources, training, which is outrageous, as well as resources at your fingertips. You can't go wrong for $22 to $47, depending which plan you want. Pennies on the dollar for peace of mind. Want to become a member? It's easy. Take your phone, start texting from your smartphone, uh, Raider to 87222. That's text the word Raider to 87222. We are affiliated with the USCCA, but we want you to be affiliated with it also. Got that gun that you've had in the family for eons, difficult on getting a new gun? You want to go ahead and upgrade that gun? Well, I know the guy. Pistol Pete the Gunsmith down in Miami. All the information is down the bottom of the show notes. Give Pete a call. Tell him what you want to do. And he'll tell you how he can perform magic on your weapon. He'll even tell you, if you're not in the Miami area, 
how to send him that gun via the mail with an FFL dealer. You're in good hands with Pistol Pete. I encourage you to stick with him. You want to train in firearms. Very important nowadays. We're not getting out there on the range long enough, hard enough, fast enough because of everything that's been occurring. Dry fire at home can only go so far. But today, if you're looking for good firearms training in the area of New Jersey or the Philadelphia area, contact Kilo Sierra. His information is on the bottom of the show notes as well. And uh, you'll be in good hands, I guarantee you. If you want to do that training in Florida, give me a uh, an email at RaiderCopNation at gmail.com and we will, you know, if we're not in that area, we'll hook you up with somebody that can uh, give you some real good training. Well, as we roll towards today's show, episode 221, Glock 45, and as I said, it's not the caliber, it's the model. It is a gun that has the bottom half of the gun is designed like the Glock 17, full length, and the slide on top, like the Glock 19, shorter, smaller. Well, what Glock did was they put these two models together, 17 and 19, and smashed them all into one, and they call it the 45. We'll explain why they call it the 45, and why they even created the gun in the first place on today's show. But we've got to do our segment. We're keeping them down to a minimum of three stories every episode. It's time for Living in the Bolshevik States of Woke. The Soviet Union will be pleased to offer amnesty to your wayward vessel. The Soviet Union? I thought you guys broke up. Yes, that's what we wanted you to think. Our first story takes us to the White House and President Uncle Joe Biden's failure to condemn anti-Semitic attacks by pro-Palestinian activists nationwide. On Sunday, a synagogue near Chicago was vandalized and a Freedom for Palestine poster was found on the ground. On Tuesday, a mob of pro-Palestinian thugs attacked a group of diners in Los Angeles in what police are investigating as a hate crime. And on Thursday, pro-Palestine protesters attacked Jews in Times Square and on 47th Street in New York City. The bottom line is, in this article, and you can read it, it took Uncle Joe a long, long time to basically say, stop the violence. Again, his handlers are slow, and he's even slower because you need to wonder where his head is and his heart. It's definitely not with the Jewish people. That's just 
a political ploy. Our second story tells us more where Uncle Joe's heart really is. He wants to send uh, $75 million to the Palestinians. Biden will send $75 million in aid to Palestine. The Biden administration will ask Congress for $75 million to aid Palestine, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said Tuesday after his meeting with with uh, Palestinian Authority President Mahbub Abbas. The United States will also provide $5.5 million in immediate disaster relief for Gaza and put up and put $32 million towards the United Nations Relief and Workers Agency in which is responsible for the welfare of Palestinian refugees. Uncle Joe's heart towards the Palestinian people is there. You know what I mean? You know, what's the chances of these $75 million that Uncle Joe's given Palestinians? They don't think that's going to fall in the hands of Hamas, do you? Nah, come on, man. And lastly, our third story brings us to the rift between Camilla, better known as Vice President Harris, and Jill, Dr. Jill Biden, where the article from Newsmax says VP Jill and Jill Biden embrace after reported go F yourself comment. And uh, it goes on in the story. Vice President Camilla Harris and First Lady Jill Biden were seen hugging on Friday just days after a book exposed Biden reportedly telling advisors Harris should go F herself for the way she attacked President Joe Biden during the primary debate. Well, she's not attacking Uncle Joe any longer. And what's, what's, you know, a little hatred amongst friends? You don't think this is going to happen? You know, the rift is going to come back to you? If they're throwing F-bombs? Nah, I don't think so. They love each other. They're not going to eat each other up. But there you go, friends. We can't make this stuff up. They love each other. They're one big, happy, dysfunctional party. Go F yourself. Well, what are you going to do? It is what it is. Living in the Bolshevik states of woke, there's always confusion. There's always hectic. I had to keep these articles down to at least three a month. On three, an episode, I'm sorry, because they're they're depressing. Everything about this administration is depressing, so uh, I don't know what to tell you. All right, so we're going to start looking at episode 221. I'm going to do the introduction, and then we're going to bring Kilo Sierra on deck on the uh, Glock 45. Remember, as I said, it is not the 45 caliber, but model 45. So first, let's take on the elephant in the room. Why in the world call it the 45? It's not a 45 caliber. Well, Glock names its models based on its pat, uh, patent, patents 
that it it does on specific models. Here, this model was a 45th patent of, of uh, Glock, and therefore that would be the name of the gun. The idea for the weapon is, of course, introducing it for a specific segment or industry. You know, Glock recently, as of a couple of years ago, wanted to be the weapon of choice for the United States military. But they didn't get that contract that was given to SIG. And uh, so the Glock people came up with the 45 looking at this new industry. But let's get into it a little bit more. Of course, Glock making its debut in 1985, it would be the love-hate weapon of America's law enforcement community. Of course, when it first debuted in 1985, it was the plastic gun that would melt if you keep it in your car, it would explode in your hand, and it was the brunt of many, many jokes. Well, not too many people are joking around with Glock any longer. And for making any positive comment about Glock, you become a Glock boy. But it is a proven weapon of over 30 years in the law enforcement industry. It is a weapon that has been proven time and time for its reliability. This specific model features a 17, Model 17, which is a full 9mm Glock, one of the first ones that they came out with. It's a, the bottom part of this Glock 45 is resembling the Glock 17, a full frame lower half of the gun or grip. And the top part of it, or the slide, is that of the Model 19. So it's a smaller slide. The weapon, the Glock 45, was created for the police or law enforcement in general because they wanted to give the law enforcement community both the Glock 17 and the Glock 19 in one gun. They did this uh, primarily with the Glock, uh, the uh, Generation 5, and some magazines like on the... um, The Glock 17 are interchangeable, you can use. But uh, the question remains, why did they do this? Now, I do want to say a quick story about a friend of mine and a guy that introduced me to becoming an instructor, and we'll call him Jay. And he, uh, when we became instructors, down in Miami, we we had a lot of let's say let's just say downtime, and uh, we'd come up with off the wall stuff to do pranks and whenever every now and then, but this particular day Jay had brought to the range the exact configuration the Glock would do five years later in creating the Glock forty five. He took a 17 and 
he put a 19 frame on it and he started showing around, confusing a lot of people as to what is this, a new gun, you know, because it looked weird. And uh, it was just a funny running joke up until the boss found out what was going on. And uh, let me tell you, they had to uh, really put some uh, elbow grease to get that gun taken apart. I believe Pistol Pete helped out with that uh, bit of maneuvering, uh, putting a Glock slide on a, a Glock 19 slide on a Glock 17 frame. And uh, he had done this almost five years prior to Glock presenting this. So we're going to talk about it myself and uh, Kilo Sierra. We're going to basically put on the table why they did it, was it successful or not, and what is the the rationale behind department's decisions when they look at a gun, period, whether it's SIG or Beretta or Glock or any manufacturer. There's a lot of thought process that goes into it. So it's time to bring them out. My friend and yours, Kilo Sierra. Here he is, fresh off the red carpet, the one and lonely, not only our co-host here on Raider Cop Podcast, but beaming star on the movie sets around America, Kilo Sierra. Welcome, buddy. Wow, what a great introduction. Thank you, my friend. How are you today? I'm, I'm, I'm very good. I can't complain. We've got you on. We're going to tackle the Glock 45. It's not the caliber. It's the model. Right. Right, and, right, uh, right, right. How how that was supposed to really attack a specific industry. This is I've been saying this for quite a while on the podcast, and people trying to figure out what the industry is. I wouldn't tell them what it was. So, we'll, we're going to talk about that. Yes, absolutely. The Glock forty five. It was in it. It was an interesting concept, uh, more geared towards law enforcement, where it's the Glock. It was a Glock. Uh, with roughly with a small sl- smaller slide, a compact slide similar to the Glock 19. However, with the frame and the grip of a Glock 17, uh, with a, that 17 round capacity, I think roughly that's what it, what it was, just like 17. Uh, and um, it sounds like a great idea because the smaller slide allows allows you to carry the gun much much more easily um, in, in a vehicle in a sitting position. Uh, but for it just did not. It didn't go over well. They tried to promote it more for the law enforcement industry, and it just didn't didn't go over well at all, really. Yeah, I'm I'm sure uh, it didn't go well with departments or agencies getting rid of their their guns that they had at that time to change the over to the G45, and mostly because of cost a little bit higher than the regular 17 or 19 or anything like that. Then you have to wonder, do I have to change the accessories as well because of this different configuration on this weapon? 
Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. Most departments already have the 17 and the night or the 19, and they're happy with them. It's been, they've been around for about 30 years, and many departments liked them, and they didn't feel like there was a reason to change. And also, many people, you know, erroneously probably thought that uh, when you mentioned Glock 45, there was a 45 caliber. Exactly. And exactly. that then you had to explain, no, that's not the case. That's just their patent number, and and to to explain that, and sometimes it just it just uh, died. The inertia just died because it, yeah. that was the thing. People thought that it was at first a forty-five, and then, and then you had a re- you could probably had a retrofit holsters. But I mean, it was a good idea and concept. But sometimes a good idea doesn't necessarily sell. Yeah, I, I like to say that their good idea on the on the G forty-five wasn't as good as the seventeen or the nineteen. Correct. Correct. They were just trying to modify an existing platform. Right. Uh, where where then, you know, theoretically, uh, you didn't have to modify it because if you didn't want the Glock 17, if you wanted something smaller, then you would just opt for the Glock 19. So there were the, I didn't really see that that would have been a huge niche for that, quote unquote, if you want to call it a hybrid. Yeah. You know, I, I did that. They're not really a huge niche for that. Now, some of, some of the other issue is you know, I was mentioning uh, to you when we were off the recorder mm-hmm. is um, once you got trained in Glock in law enforcement, whatever model it was, you started getting more and more proficient in it. So now all of a sudden I throw a forty five, a G45 in your hand yeah, you're going to shoot it because you got all the components on how to shoot, but it's not the same because now you got a shorter slide, longer frame, right. and, and right. you, you right. got to right. adjust now. Exactly, because now what's happening is you're so used to the... So when you grab the Glock 45, it's like grabbing a 17. However, you have a slightly smaller sight radius. Right. And, and, when you, and you have to readjust. Uh, uh, because there's a little bit more movement because of the smaller sight radius. So just like you said, it, it's, it's like going from a double to a single stack lock. And that, that's a that's a learning curve too. I know a lot of individuals that went, went uh, they've been shooting the Glock 26s for years and went to the Glock 43, and they had to readjust the grip, readjust the trigger press, readjust the sight alignment because it's a different grip. Yeah, it's a different grip, and you know the mind has to catch up to the dynamics Absolutely. of that. Absolutely, it's a training issue. So, and that's once again, that's probably one of the reasons why they many law enforcement departments didn't feel a need for that because they already had existing models that fit the bill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you would assume a huge liability, and you had a product already in place that was proven. Correct. Correct. Right. Correct. Uh, and the only reason to change a product that's proven, if it would have been uh, some type of default and uh, or some some other uh, issues, but that that didn't exist. There was the Glock 17s and the Glock 19s were perfect as they were. There weren't any issues with them, so there was nothing to fix. Yeah, I I, I had told you um, before we started recording. Also, I had, I had a a little brain issue with the 43 when that first came out because it was single stack. So used to shooting a Glock double stack, right? So my magazine capacity is a lot thicker now. My my frame is a lot thicker. Go to the 43, it's a single stack, a lot slimmer. 
And all of a sudden, the brain said, wait, wait, we're not supposed to be doing these things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that becomes a learning curve in itself. Sure, sure. As with any new platform, um, it's uh, when you go from something proven for years to something slightly modified, it's definitely a, a learning curve with any firearm, especially a Glocks, because even though there are many models that are similar, uh, certain differences are large, like the double versus single stack. Uh, and, and and it requires your brain to, wait a second, this is not the same as before. So it, it is a definite learning curve with, with Glocks when you go from double to single stack. Now, you, you were in that era that I was in when Glock mm -hmm. first appeared on the market. It was the plastic gun. Mm -hmm. blow up in your hand and all that all kind the of rumors stuff. oh if you leave it in the sun it'll melt oh all this, <laughs> yeah and all the other one ridiculous rumors they oh, all shoot goodness. all glock shoot left <laughs> so, oh i know you like, know no. it, was, it was crazy <laughs> yes, but there was, was a learning curve with the trigger because of the safety being on the trigger and everybody evolved around that they made such a great platform 30 years later Mm -hmm. Everybody's conditioned to shoot that one frame, 19, right. 17, 23, whatever it is. Exactly. Exactly. And now you introduce something that has two frames in one. Right. And you tell that industry, which is the police industry here for you, and they're scratching their heads, huh? Like, yeah, like we didn't know this needed fixing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's the problem. You didn't know it needed fixing. Not right. a bad idea, if, I, I think, if you're going to learn on the Glock 45, the G45 platform. Never shot exactly. a Glock. You know, you're, you're new to the school, and uh, they throw a G45 in your hand. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. But to teach an old dog new tricks sometimes uh, costs people uh, lives. So. Sure, sure. And like I said before, there was, you know, it's 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 tough enough when there is an issue that has to be addressed and a new model is introduced and retraining is necessary because I've been involved in that process where it's a totally different gun because it was a necessity. That's one thing. But to to uh, retool everything and to retrain and to buy new firearms when there was not when there's not a real need to when it's just a minor it's a good idea but it's a minor issue that isn't catastrophic yeah it's going to be a hard sell now i will say i did shoot the glock 45 once i i liked it it felt great in my hand but then i pulled the trigger and when i pulled the trigger my brain started saying there are problems. We have issues here. And right. because the frame was so small, now I've got to adjust the way I do my sight picture, my sight alignment. Exactly. As minimal as it is, but it was an adjustment that my brain kept on saying, we have an issue, we have an issue, until I finally caught on. And it's scary when you start playing with those things. Mm -hmm. Again, oh, it sure. was a great gun. Great, felt great in my hand. The whole nine yards could have. Uh, I've used it. Yes, I could have. Uh, you know, proficiency is everything. It's a learning skill. Don't use it, you'll lose it. But uh, uh -huh. was it worth the transition? Would would be the big question. Yeah. Right. Right. It's right. It's almost like a cost analysis. Or say, okay, do I really need? 
to relearn a new system, slightly new system, when it's these it's just a minor issue and and it, it's totally not worth it. Yeah, it, it was totally not worth it. Good idea in theory, uh, but it's just not worth it. And then that's one of the reasons uh, why I advise not just law enforcement officers but civilians and security personnel that are into firearms when they uh, if when a brand new gun comes out especially a new caliber be let wait a little bit and see how it does exactly exactly very <laughs> it's good it's like a new car wait a wait wait a little bit to see how it does cuz yeah. you don't want to invest in something that now later on you can barely find the parts for or holsters for or whatever yeah even on the 45 i remember when it first came out people would say oh it worked uh, with the 19 for a 19 the holster so my my thing was well wait a minute it, sure, the 19 slide, yeah, goes right into the holster, but the the frame is a 17, so it's longer. There's got to be some issue to it. Sure, sure, because it's more magazine well heavy. Yeah. So, right, so, so you probably have to consider the locking mechanism of the holster. Yeah, exactly. And, and which right. is another big issue for departments. They take on that liability. You know, they buy these retention holsters. They spend mm -hmm. a lot of money on it. Yes, they do. And once they they agree on a specific holster, an agency, mm -hmm. it would be like an act of Congress to change it. Oh, that I was I've been, I was directly involved in that from my previous agency. So it, that's exactly right. Any type of change in the firearm platform of the department is 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 just a huge consideration. Um, yeah. Even within the same model, if it's a slightly smaller model, slightly larger model, what have you. It's a big investment because now, you know, my department used to have about, at the time, about 400 officers. Uh, so now it was a consideration, okay, now 400 newer holsters and yeah. three mags per officer. I mean, it's a big investment. It's not a small decision. Yeah, and and, and then it's going to go through its trial, usually through the firearms guys, mm -hmm. that they're going to do retention training, making sure that the gun exactly. doesn't pop out. And once they've done all that evaluation, they give the thumbs up. Man, they don't want to. They don't want to change platforms now. And... Right, right, right. Exactly, because it's because it's just such an investment of time. Not only is it an economic investment with with gear, but it's like you just mentioned before. It's a training investment because now you have to retrain. Even though it's a similar platform, it doesn't matter for liability's sake. And for the safety of the officers, which is tantamount, it's it. You're obligated now to retrain, yeah. to, to ensure that the change, if it's a minor change, that everyone has adapted to it, because uh, the, the liability. I do see that uh, within an agency, maybe a specific section might want the 45, let's say uh, special weapons and tactics or. Uh, fugitive apprehension team and uh, a little bit more controllable because it's a small unit and they're going to be proficient in it and so forth. I, I don't see the, the the huge problem with changing to the 45, but departmental-wide, it's just mind-boggling. Right. Well, that's a very good point. Because I've worked with agencies that, uh, for example, a classic example, uh, there's an agency that I've worked with. The, uh, the, 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 the street officers or, or the line staff, they would carry uh, Glock 19s uh, versus the uh, certain level supervisor. Uh, I forget what rank it was. From that specific rank up, we were allowed to carry the Glock 26s. Um, and 
some of those special weapons and tactics guys might want to carry the uh, the Glock 17s. But no, you're absolutely right. That is actually more plausible because we're talking about smaller units yeah. uh, of, of, of the division where uh, if, if the department allows that, uh, the, the guns are close enough where addressing that issue uh, with just smaller units is not huge. But we're talking about it's a big change, though, when you were talking about training on a massive scale for everyone just for a minor uh, change. That is then you have to weigh if it's cost effective. Right. And even these specific units would have to justify the need. Now, they could, you know, if, for example, a a smaller frame or a smaller slide because there's a specific agency, their officers are sitting in a vehicle a lot longer. Right, right. Okay, they could kind of justify the tactical end of it and and so forth. So it might be more doable than the entire department. Correct, correct. Right, Like, and and, uh, and the agencies I've I've just spoken about, uh, the higher level officers or lieutenant captains, a lot of them are more administrative. They're not in the field. And it's more, and, and I could see their logic where Glock 26 is much more readily, you can carry that easier in an office with, with plain clothes or wearing a suit. Right. Uh, right. So, no, absolutely. There are certain needs, but those are smaller clusters and smaller groups that are, that are, that's more palatable. You can you can deal with that. So not only is it is, is when it comes to that issue, it's not a huge training issue and it's not uh, a huge economic issue because we're talking about a lot less hours uh, addressing both, whether the training or whether the gear. We're talking about small groups versus an entire department. But now I've got to come up with the disclaimer because the Glock boys are going to come after us if we don't. I definitely agree on the Glock platform. Hundred percent. Oh, definitely. Oh, sure. It's of it's course. a proven proven weapon. Oh, it's wonderful. Of over no, thirty absolutely. years in law enforcement. Oh no! Oh no! Absolutely! Oh no! That that's not the issue. No, you're absolutely correct. It's a phenomenal platform. Uh, uh, they are durable. They are reliable. There's absolutely nothing wrong with them. We're just we're just talking about di- uh, different sizes of the Glocks and the needs of a specific agency when they decide to make some minor modifications or or, or when, when they bring those. T- Topics up, whether a double stack, single stack. Those are just more technical issues, but nothing. To, that's nothing negative about the brand. That, no, Glock, no, Glock is phenomenal because at least you have that option yeah. of uh, of choosing different sizes, different double stack versus single stack, because they've they've addressed all of these needs, you know, efficiently, and and they're the go to people, uh, the go to brand, because no matter what model you buy from Glock, they're all fantastic. Yeah, I mean. Um... On the technical issue, like you said, I was involved in many academy classes. So mm-hmm. you mostly had people with no experience in ever shooting a firearm. But then you had to look at the, their size difference. You know, you had small people. It could be a woman. It could have been a guy with very small hands. And you're throwing a Glock 17 in their hand. Correct. But the 19 works better. But the agency Correct. says, no, 17 is full duty mm-hmm. so that that was the beginning of their learning curve correct right and that's why they have adjustable back straps now yeah exactly right, right. right. And, and, and that's why glock is on the forefront because and that's why they're such a great brand because they they actually um address these needs and address these concerns 
and every product they come out with is just fantastic. Yeah. They they're um America's law enforcement handgun. Mm-hmm. And for the amount of criticism that they took, they're still hanging on to that title. There are other competitors out there like SIG and Smith mm-hmm. & Weston. SIG, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, is a little bit out of the price range for a lot of agencies nowadays. Yes, correct. Especially mm-hmm. with the defund crowd. Uh, to spend yes. more would be more difficult nowadays. Correct. But we are Glock lovers. Please don't get offended if you've heard this program. <laughs> oh, no. That's no, quite the contrary. Oh, no. No, we're not. Are you kidding me? No, Glock's great. That's not the issue. The issue is we're talking about different sizes and platforms. And, and, and uh, that's, that's all it is. But nothing against the product. The product is wonderful. Now, for those people that don't know much about firearms and the firearm society, we like to go after each other based on the gun that you own. <laughs> so the absolutely. Glock boys will get you. They'll get you. They're very oh, passionate. Absolutely. Oh, sure, sure. But rightly so. It's a great product. I mean, it's, it is. It, it's it's awesome. It it, it I mean, I've had uh, my Glock 23 for years, and uh, I train with it. I shoot with it. I I and it's just incredible. I've hadn't had a single problem with that firearm. Yes. And I shoot it a lot. So it's, I can I can I can stand by that product. I, I swear by Glock. They're they're phenomenal. My twenty three. I also had twenty three. Was my duty weapon when I mm-hmm. was on the job. Had it for twenty years. There you go. Gosh, I've I've probably ten thousand, fifteen thousand rounds through that Easy. thing. Flawless, flawless, yep. flawless. Great. Same barrel, same everything. Wonderful. And it's one of those guns that you know you could blindly grab to save your life in the sense that you know it's going to work it's just a, it's a, yeah you know it's yep, going to work time and time exactly. again it's great yep absolutely as always we are blessed with kilo sierra giving us some great advice today we looked at the clock 45 gun that was specifically modeled for law enforcement but really didn't take law enforcement by storm why because the product they had was was good enough correct and this wasn't that good to replace what was good already. Correct. Right. Exactly. Mr. Kilo Sierra, we thank you for being part of the show. As always, blessings your Why, way. Thank you so much. Blessings to you and your family as well, sir. Well, there you have it. A great discussion with Kilo Sierra on the Glock 45. We put it in perspective in terms of the agency's consideration for a weapon and the officer or deputy, their position on handling or having a new weapon as well. And I think we did a very good job on the interview of the 45. We basically broke it down. Some agencies are going to adapt it because it's something that they want but like I said there is a process of evolution to switch that platform there is a cost behind it sometimes the accessories that come with it as well and that agency has to pick up the tab on a lot of this stuff with today's generation of defund the police it's going to be more difficult to get those dollars 
for different armament. So in my perspective, I believe Glock's here to stay for quite a longer time than people really imagined. Again, in 85, it was a brunt of many jokes. Here we are in 2021. They still lead the industry in law enforcement as the carry gun. And whoever wants to jump over to, let's say, SIG, uh, there would be a cost. And justifying that cost today with this defund police mentality would be a difficult obstacle. So with that being said, I think we're stuck with a very good, reliable, trustworthy workhorse that keeps on ticking. And no matter what you put that clock through, it will work. And that's what this episode was all about. Great conversation with Kilo Sierra, and I truly enjoy it. You know, a lot of, a lot of times, I, I just want to tell the audience, we don't... Um, you know, go go through the uh, the notes months in advance, and uh, sometimes we, we're doing this stuff off the cuff. You know, five minutes prior to going on the air to record, we're basically coming up with our have our basic uh, assumptions and and positions and analysis on the specific weaponry we might be talking about. So. Kudos to Kilo Sierra that's always on target uh, when it comes to, to guns. As I said before, you're thinking about getting trained in firearms and you're in the Philadelphia or New Jersey area, or you're down here in Florida. Well, if you're up in Philly or Jersey, you can contact Kilo Sierra direct. His information is on the show notes. Or if you're in, in Florida and, you, and you're considering it, Drop me an email at RaiderCopNation at gmail.com. And uh, if I'm not, if that's not within my area, I can most assuredly send you in, in, a, in a great position or, uh, or get trained. So I'd like these gun shows. We're going to you know, continue these platforms as best we can. Uh, we're going to try to do two or uh, month and uh, so every now and then we break it up we don't really want to talk about guns we talk about the firearms industry whether it's insurance or whether it's a new law coming uh, towards us or there's an active law that's there that a lot of people are forgetting so we'll we'll bring those issues up uh, to keep you informed here on Raider Cop Podcast, we have one goal in mind, and that is to educate our listeners. Uh, there's no way you can turn off the dial at the end of the podcast and say, I didn't get anything. I didn't get anything out of it. In all our podcasts, you're going to get something out of it, and that's what we want. All right, up next, if you die today, where would your soul go? Episode 222. And that's March 30th. That's going to be closing out our, did I say March? Jeez, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. May. That's how fast this year is flying by. And May. So 
let me do a quick rundown of what we're going to be looking at in June. So June 2nd, Tony Ducks Corallo, as I said before, we're going to continue on the Wise Guys series with doing all the way towards the end of the year, probably the beginning of next year, we're going to be doing exclusively on the Lucchese crime family. So episode 223 is June, June 2nd on Tony Ducks Corallo. June 6th, the season of opportunity. That is episode 224. June 9th, the checkout process. You know, there's a lot of hoopla when you get into the department. Now when you're leaving, time to retire. It can be a lonely process. We're going to talk about the checkout process, 225. June 13th, If My People. And that's episode 226. June 16th, Tactical Shooting Handgun, episode 227 with Kilo Sierra. June 20th, he noticed the fig tree but remained hungry. Episode 228, June 23rd, Firearms Owners Protection Act of 1986, the Peaceable Journey Law. We're going to look at that. That's episode uh, 229. And uh, June 27th, To Whom Shall I Speak and Give Warning, episode 230. And closing out the month of June, June 30th, episode 231, The Candy Store. Again, it's on the Wise Guys series, The Lucchese Crime Family. And I recently posted, I'm going to repost it again, and I'm going to post the question to you, the listener. The Candy Store, I'm going to be push, uh, posting on uh, social media next couple of uh, weeks a business card of this particular, particular candy store. And I posed the question, what organized crime family is this? And I did it on YouTube, uh, Instagram, sorry. And uh, oh, nobody even took a dare to, to jump on it. But I'm going to keep on doing it. Let's see who can come up with the answer. And uh, it's going to be interesting. The candy store. That rounds off the month of June. A lot of work ahead of us. I truly enjoy putting all this stuff together for you, the listener. We keep you encouraged. Remember that our shows on Sunday, the vast majority of them are pre-recorded. They're spiritual in nature because without God in your life, there's not really anything going on. You need that backup and you need God on your side. You can train in all these evolutions, but if you don't train in the spiritual one, you, you're never full, fully trained. So keep in mind that uh, our programming is, remember, Sunday night and Wednesdays is our upload days. And again, we ask you and encourage you to please, if you do hear us on Apple, Pandora, Spotify, or or uh, whatever your platform that you use, if you can click on subscribe. That helps us to kind of evaluate what platforms we're on. We recently did a quick evaluation and we noticed that 
we were on over 80% of our listeners are doing it from a smartphone, which translates into travel time, which which translates into uh, transporting themselves in a vehicle. And uh, they put it on Bluetooth and uh, they listen to the show. So that's 80% of our listeners and the rest are desktop people using Apple products. We're into the thousands upon thousands of downloads. We thank all our new listeners and the ones that repeatedly come back for more. Now the word of the week. So Jesus said to them again, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. John 20, 21. Like the year. This is Alpha Mike, and I'm out.